Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring. We have a very important topic for today, and it's such a critical situation that we've decided our guest is going to have to remain anonymous because we're talking about the very delicate problem of the Russian crackdown on the Jehovah Witness organization. And, of course, many other organizations that may still enjoy some freedom today are very concerned that if they speak out, their own rights may be next on the chopping block. So I'm going to welcome a a good friend who will remain nameless. Uh, Tell us, what exactly has uh, Russia, you know, what have they done with respect to the Jehovah Witnesses? Well, back in April of this year, the uh, the Russian government took an action to ban the Jehovah's Witnesses as an extremist organization, placing them in the same company as jihadi groups and neo-Nazis. Uh, that action was challenged through the Russian courts at the uh, lower levels and then in their appellate divisions, with a decision being rendered from the appellate division Uh, the middle of July, affirming the actions. And finally, about uh, three weeks ago, uh, the government moving forward with their action to uh, to ban the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, and seize their local branches. So, yeah, what does the ban look like? Have they seized bank accounts? Have they seized uh, church properties? What's going on? Uh, they have almost 400 congregations, local congregations, and the Russian government seized their property and, of course, have banned their Bibles and magazines from distribution. And the reason the government gave initially was that uh, in their definition of extremism, which includes the peaceful promotion of the superiority of one's own religion, uh, they looked at the Jehovah's Witnesses as extremists and on that basis uh, moved forward to uh, to ban them as an organization. Well, I know, you know, the Jehovah Witnesses have been frowned upon in different countries at different times because of their refusal to do things like salute the flag and, and engage in kind of uh, common patriotic observances. Uh, so it's not a surprise that they might be the first to be targeted. But pretty much every religion, uh, except maybe the Baha'i that I can think of, teach that their truth is uh, an exclusive truth, is the truth, and presumably superior to the falsehoods of other religions. So the Jehovah Witnesses are not especially, they're unique in, in various ways, but not in the way that they were singled out by Russia. Um, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. The Jehovah's Witnesses, at least in Russia, appear to be an easy group to persecute because they're not popular. They're pacifists. They uh, they refuse to uh, to serve uh, in the military uh, mandatory mandatory military service, and there's no chance that they are going to be radicalized like some Islamist group, and so they're easy uh, easy to pick on. 
Because they're not going to fight back. Right. Because <laughs> they're pacifists. <laughs> oh, my. Well, uh, so their congregations have been seized. Is there any word as far as, um, is there an attempt to arrest their clergy? Not that we have seen uh, so far, but as a, as a band group, they're not, they don't have the freedom to gather and worship together. And I'm sure if they do, they will be arrested. And no doubt, you know, the uh, government officials have some knowledge of who their leadership is and are tracking them. That's correct. There are almost 200,000 Jehovah's Witnesses in Russia, so it's not, uh, it's not a small group of individuals. Well, I, I don't know what the membership of my own denomination, Seventh-day Adventist, is in Russia, but, uh, yeah, 200,000 sounds pretty significant for a, you know, what's considered a, a, a Protestant minority. Um, are, the, are the Baptists and Adventists also concerned, or, or others, uh, Pentecostals, that, uh, that Russia may be coming after them next? I believe they are concerned, and that has been one of the reasons uh, that these more traditional uh, religions, like the Baptists and the Lutherans and the Adventists, uh, have been keeping quiet uh, about what's been happening to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, they want to be on the uh, on the right side, and so their uh, their silence um, is is the reason um, that they're um, not wanting to unleash a new wave of restrictions and repressions against them. Well, and and this crackdown was preceded last year, and we've done some radio shows about the law last year that precluded any kind of public evangelism or proselytizing, right? That's correct. So, so the question uh, all of them have to ask is, how soon before it hits us if we don't protest? Well, do you have any any information on the extent to which that the ban on you know public evangelism and all and proselytizing has been put into effect? I I saw a release from the from the Adventist Church from the news network um, many months ago about its evangelistic efforts in various places and included um, information about how evangelism was going to be done in Russia. And I scratched my head because, you know, I'm thinking, well, there's a law against that. How is that possible? I'm not aware of how uh, different religions are trying to cope with the law that the government has passed. Uh, but clearly between the collusion of the government and the Russian Orthodox Church, uh, the fear of losing uh, its members uh, has resulted in the government pairing with the uh, Orthodox Church in putting some of these laws in place and um, concern that if they don't, they'll continue to lose their membership. Well, you know, in thinking about the reluctance of other groups to speak out, I'm certainly reminded of Martin Niemöller's famous statement from Germany in the 30s about how, you know, first they came for the trade unionists and I was not a trade unionist and different groups and, you know, then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I I can't help but uh, but doubt the wisdom of remaining silent. Are you aware of any um, uh, diplomatic activity by the United States uh, or our State Department or any other countries advocating with Russia on behalf of the Jehovah Witnesses? Uh, both the State Department and the uh, 
uh, UN Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Religion and Belief have spoken out against the uh, the ban. I've not heard of any recent reports since the decision three weeks ago, uh, but certainly when the uh, court decisions were released in July, uh, both our State Department and the UN uh, officials spoke against what was happening. Uh, in fact, the special rapporteur said if uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are extremists, uh, then all religious groups are, especially if you use the definition of uh, promoting the superiority of one's own religion as the definition of extremism. Uh, yeah, I think that's certainly true. Well, and, you know, one of the other takeaways that I see from this in terms of our own society um there are many Christians in America today who I think would love to have the kind of political clout that the Russian Orthodox Church enjoys in Russia. And just as Russia uh, identifies itself in many respects as a Russian Orthodox nation, um, you know, we've identified as a Christian or a Protestant nation. And, you know, they'd like to see that sort of um, collaboration and, and, and close-knit ties uh, without realizing the consequences that that would entail. If you're part of that uh, religious majority, that's a wonderful place to be. But I guess <laughs> the benefit for us in this country is the understanding of the forefathers of the separation of church and state, where you should not have a state religion to enforce on the beliefs of others. Well, you know, for me, I mean, my my values as a Christian may be uh, consistent with kind of the, the majority values of the Christian community, but as a Seventh-day Adventist, my Sabbath observance certainly is uh, a distinctly minority view. And so if there were some sort of Christian majoritarianism in our country, I would not expect my Sabbath observance to uh, to have the same uh, respect and protection under law that we now enjoy from so many of the civil rights laws in our country. And what about your right to uh, to proselytize and to tell others about your uh, the benefits of your own religion? Oh yeah, there's that too, huh? Um, very interesting. I wonder if we would ever take it that far to. Um, to restrict the right of, of people to to proselytize minority religions. Well, that's the danger of having uh, one religion that uh, that enforces its uh, will on others. Uh, it certainly takes away from uh, from you being able to uh, to share your your beliefs with uh, with others if you're in contrary view to the majority. You know, I was talking with another guest as we were recording earlier who observed the tendency that we have as Christians to want to impose our own um, biblical, social, moral viewpoint because, you know, we believe it and we think that it should be the rule for society. But that doesn't, that has been, one of his points was, this is not how Christians have thought through much of, of history. Uh, and how impractical it is in dealing with the problems of society. I'm reminded of a quote from uh, a court decision where the um, the justice made uh, a comment on the ability of one not only to uh, to believe, but also not to be forced into the belief as well. Because freedom of thought and uh, speech 
and disagreement and ideas of belief are the very essence of, of our life. If there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, is one of the quotes that I recall, going back to one of the early Supreme Court cases, yep. freedom of thought and belief, freedom of religion, the right to, to not only believe, but to change your beliefs, to, to practice your beliefs. In fact, one of the decisions in this area in another country, uh, the, uh, the court said the following, the essence of the concept of freedom of religion is the right to entertain such religious beliefs as a person chooses, the right to declare religious beliefs openly and without fear of hindrance or reprisal, and the right to manifest religious belief by worship and practice. But the concept is more than that because it can be primarily characterized as the absence of coercion or restraint. The ability to, to uh, follow one's own choice. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, somebody cannot be said to be truly free. Well said. And, you know, I think of this, too, in context of the United Nations Universal Declaration on Human Rights, which, of course, Russia is a subscriber to, and how flagrantly this violates Article 18 on freedom of conscience um, religion and belief. I, uh, I would certainly hope that uh, there would be activity at the United Nations to rein in Russia's activity. Well, we've been talking about the crackdown on the Jehovah Witnesses in Russia with our anonymous guest because the, uh, the situation is so dicey there and so many other groups fear uh, that they might be next. So thank you for being with us on Freedom's Ring. We want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk the talk about religious freedom. We help those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at www.churchstate.org. That's churchstate, all one word, churchstate.org. And Freedom's Ring is available on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. <laughs>